0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Talkin' MSU Hockey Podcast. My name is Brad LaPlante, I will be your host, and I am soloing today. I just wanted to dive into Michigan State's news that's been breaking this week. Sort of had a roster leak in the last couple days, so I wanted to touch on that what we can expect from the roster next season and what I think about these players. I really wanted to get there. Eventually we'll get there. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, please review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, you know, wherever you can review this thing. That way some more people can listen to it and enjoy Michigan state hockey. First, I did want to start with the Great Lakes Invitational News. The GLI, as you might know, last Thursday held its annual press conference to discuss the the future of the event, what's going to happen with the event, everything for the future. They announced their future contenders or participants. Michigan Tech is the one that hosts it. And Michigan State has almost taken over. That co-host role. I would not say that it's technically not you know, a co-host for Michigan State, but it's still Michigan Tech's event. Michigan State did sign a four-year agreement to continue playing in the GLI. And the, the three-way contract was between Michigan Tech, Michigan State, as well as Grand Rapids' arena, Van Andel. Which is the home of the AHL affiliate for the Red Wings, the Grand Rapids Griffins. Before... Last year, the tournament's always been in Detroit, right? Like it's always been at Joe Lewis Arena until Little Caesars Arena took over as the arena in Detroit. And it's been at the LCA for the last couple of years until obviously last year when it was the first year that it was held in Grand Rapids. And interestingly enough, the first year since 1976 that Michigan did not co-host the event. So like I said, Michigan, not a part of it. That is probably the most interesting thing about the GLI now is that going forward, Michigan State will be in the event and Michigan will not. I'm not really sure how Michigan fans feel about this. You know, it's, it's one of those things where Michigan's always just been a staple, right? The event has always been synonymous with both Michigan Tech and Michigan. And it helps because a lot of Michigan Tech fans are fans of Michigan, right? They're fans of both schools. And it helps that Michigan Tech's not a D1 program in football. So, you know, a Michigan Tech fan can root for Michigan Tech and Michigan in hockey. And then when, you know, when it comes to football season, they can root for, you know, Michigan. It's just very interesting to see Michigan not be part of this event anymore and... And I don't know. I mean, the the prestige also seems like it's been lacking as of late. I still enjoy the event. I'll still go to Grand Rapids. I'm not really sure where other people are at on it. I would love to hear your thoughts. As a fan, you know, like the tickets kind of get expensive. And do I really want to travel to Grand Rapids for that? It was the first year since 76 that Michigan did not co-host. And last year, we had Western, Ferris, Michigan Tech, and Michigan State. What's interesting about this, it gets all the stuff through 2026. It's very interesting because Western, Michigan, and Ferris, both teams that played last year, will be in two tournaments within the next four years. So we got the 2023 uh, invitational participants, right? And there's also Ferris State, right, That, that played last year, and Alaska will be in the tournament. And it will take place on December 28th and 29th at Van Andel Arena as we mentioned. Then next year, we're going to have Western Michigan and Northern Michigan, right, for 2024. Like I said, it's sort of an alternating uh sequence between Western and Ferris. So we got Western Michigan, Northern Michigan 2024. 2025 we'll have Ferris State and Miami University in Ohio. And then Western Michigan will take the alternating spot again in 2026 alongside Notre Dame so yeah it's it's really interesting to see what is going on with the GLI it's changed for sure and it's definitely weird like I said I have no idea how to feel as a fan I don't know how inclined I would be to go But, you know, if the tickets are at a good price and I could afford it, then why not, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's fun if your family wants to get get away and go on vacation, you know, maybe, maybe stop in Grand Rapids, see the GLI, then go up north, you know, something like that. So I don't know. Tickets are on sale in September. How do you guys feel? I I would love to know. We got a forum page over at Rivals where you can sign up. And actually, just kind of a a, a side note, the site I I do all the hockey recruiting news for, michiganstate.rivals.com. They're having a, a special promotion sale, mainly for football recruiting news, but all of my exclusive Insider Insight All of my interviews with recruits can be found there. I had this interview back in, I think it was December, with Trey Augustine, Michigan State's goalie, coming in. We'll get to him in a second when we talk about the roster. But, yeah, all that stuff can be found. You just go to the site. You can sign up. I believe it's either a discounted rate or a free trial. It might be a free trial until, for I think, for a couple months, right? you can use the promo code MSU Visits and find it there. So thank you again for, you know, supporting my work, supporting what I do. It's been it's been a it's been a good time. So we got a lot of stuff that we're planning and a lot of stuff that's, you know, fun. Just to get to it, right? Like I wanted to talk about as well state's roster that they got coming in. You know, actually before before I get into that, I did want to, you know, talk about Michigan State's schedule coming up. So it's not been announced, and the Big Ten, I believe, will be announced uh, later on in the summer. Uh, For now, we just have a little bit of non-conference action, and this is kind of what it looks like. So we already know that Michigan State is playing four non-conference opponents, right? We know, well, besides the GLI, right? So we got the GLI, you know, between Ferris State and Alaska, so we're going to have one of those, right? We're going to have one of those teams and as well as maybe Michigan Tech depending on what happens right anyway on the Michigan State will open their season on October 7th and October 8th by playing Lake Superior State at home and then they will go on the road the following weekend the 13th and the 14th against Air Force right so we know that so that's their October and they will either play Canisius or Boston College at some point right So those are still yet to be announced, but I believe that Boston College will be in the end of October. Like I said, we don't know when it will be, but reportedly it could be October 27th and 28th. And then the dates may get shifted because it's an away game. There's a football game. So, so that might happen. And then Canisius could be if it's the week of Michigan State football against Michigan, then it could either be Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, Saturday. There's no way that they would put that game in this, you the know, same time as East Lansing. We will see, and then obviously the Big Ten schedule will start sometime late October, early November, and then we'll get to um, some conference games, and we'll get to the schedule in a bit. So let's dive into the roster. Uh, that's what this episode is going to be about and let's do it. I want to start really with the returning players because this is stuff we know. There's technically four players that are in the portal. So we got Ryan Nolan and there's there's one other. Can't remember his name. There's Ryan Nolan and there's Pierce Charlson's in the portal. There's four Michigan State players in the portal. Kind of forgot about him. But we really know that they're not going to stick around, right? Like they were in the portal for a reason. Cal Dybits is one of them now that I'm thinking about it. Cal Dybits, Ryan Nolan, Pierce Charleston. Let me see if I can remember. No. So, there we go. Those are the three I remember. Maybe you're transferring because I don't remember your name. But... <laughs> Let's get back to the returning players real quick. So number 11, Jeremy Davidson, right wing. So he's been at Michigan State for a little bit. He's not really been. A big forward in terms of production, but last year he did spend most of the season on MSU second line, so that was definitely good. It was with Mirosov Muka and Mindorf when they switched mid season, right? And then you got Nicholas Mueller, so he helped them out and get and gave a lot of assists towards Mueller, which was great. So and he had two 20 plus point season, but he will definitely be looking to increase his potential in 2023 and 2024 freshman sensation last year tiernan shouty i wouldn't say sensation he surprised me he's shown a lot of potential the interesting thing with shouty in his first year is well first of all he's young he looks like he's got a, a lot of potential he knows where to be he's only i think he's five nine Right? He's not huge. Players like him need to have high hockey awareness. A good hockey sense will put you in the right place on the ice at the right time. And Tiernan Shouty's like that, right? And he's not one of MSU's top scorers, but he can be. He's got great puck skills and he just needs to work on his shot. I think that his finish is really what he needs to work on. He's got all the skills and tools to. Be a scorer at the college level, at least. He's got that edge, but I just really need to see some more, you know, finish, like I said, like, you know, just finishing shots, things like that. Nicholas Mueller coming back for a fifth season. He was Michigan State's big scorer last year, 34 points. Not surprised if he will be the captain next season. That's kind of what I'm looking for, you know. And and almost taking on like an Iserman like role, right? Less scoring and more leadership. That's sort of the the lead by example, you know, an archetype for a captain. Like you know, you saw Iserman when he went on those cup runs. Nicholas Mueller this year is going to be playing with a lot more talent Daniel Russell returning as well he was also a big surprise um, Mueller was a big surprise but but Russell kind of came out of nowhere because we didn't really know what to make of him at the beginning of the season started out at the bottom now he's at the top line and so I'm not really sure who he's going to be paired with he'll probably stay with Dorwart on the same line not really sure who will be that third forward on that line with them Tanner Kelly Right. Had a good sophomore season. Definitely an improvement between last year. 18 points and he'll be looking for more production. I mean, 18 points is more than five, which is what he had his freshman year. Junior season, he's going to be coming in and we will hope that he gets there. Gavin Best. He didn't play very much last season, but he has a lot of potential. The only thing that I noticed really from him was when, when trying to trying to scout him was that he's quick like he is probably one of the fastest players on the team. And I I I mean that from just that's just from what I've saw in the very limited time that I've been able to to sort of look at him, but you know, he's 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 a quick player. So, I mean, if we could see more of the, of him next year, that would be awesome. Then we got Dorwert, he's a center, left wing. And he might be MSU's MVP. I mean, if not Mueller, then he's definitely it. He is the ultimate playmaker. He could have a nice pro career if he, you know, chooses to do so. And he wasn't scouted very much before, uh, but you know, before going to MSU. He's from Oregon, right? And and he really only came to MSU because Michigan State needed centers. So Nightingale added him to the team, and he ends up with 27 points. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, go figure, right? Left shot, left shot center. He is 6'1", 192. I'm looking for him to take even a further step forward next year. Dorwart, prove me right. Okay, 40 points. That's what I want to see. Reed Lebster is a transfer. We're going to get into the transfers now for forwards. Reed Lebster coming into MSU after four seasons with Massachusetts. This is his grad year. He was actually on the 2021 UMass team that won the Natty. And he didn't play very much, but now is looking to fill a role on a very good team. Red Savage, the center, one of the most popular guys coming into Michigan State next year. He is transferring in from Miami. He is a Detroit Red Wings draft pick, and he is an offensive threat. That is really all you need to know. He is not afraid to pull off a deke, rush through defenders. MSU is going to love this guy. He is a born scorer. He knows how to make plays. He is hes just that guy. Next up, we got Isaac Howard, who might be the best player on Michigan State this season. Nightingale coached him at the NTDP uh, a couple years ago, or a few years ago, you know, whatever. Howard was a first-round draft pick to the Tampa Bay Lightning, number 31 overall. He had an okay freshman year at Minnesota Duluth, and he was a fourth-line left wing, didn't really find his place there. But Michigan State is going to expect big things from him. He is going to have a big impact, and I can tell you right now, that he will be, I mean, if you put him, I think, I mean, if you put him on that line with Dorwart and Russell, watch out. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. I I, I don't know. I'm not the coach, but that's, that's all I'll say. Joey Larson is a fun guy that's coming in. He is transferring out of Northern Michigan after a season where he was a first line wing. He might be second or third line at MSU. We're not 100% sure where he'll be. He he did put up 27 points on that Northern Michigan roster. He knows how to score. He knows how to get some points. You know, whatever, wherever he is, that line is going to be very, very fun. And then we're going to get into right wing Gavin O'Connell. He was originally part of the Minnesota Duluth system prospects, but now he is coming to Michigan State. I don't know where this Minnesota Duluth pipeline is coming from, but for some reason, here we are. O'Connell's a two-way forward. He is a quick and excellent skater, and he also is a contender to be on MSU's first line. Don't know for sure if that's where he'll end up, but he can be there. And then we got right-wing Tommy Manisto coming in from Finland. He was – I actually had a conversation with him. Very interesting to see sort of where these foreign players are. He was not necessarily a fan of coming over to play college hockey when he first got the news from his agent. He was kind of like averse to it, I guess. But then he you know, was talking about it more. And the interesting thing is in Finland, you don't really get to – like do school and hockey at the same time. So that's, that's kind of where he was. And then we got Owen Baker, who was with O'Connell on last year's Waterloo team in the USHL. He got 41 points and he will provide some scoring depth. Then we're going to move on to our last forward. The newest player added to MSU's pool of prospects, Griffin Jarecki who was initially going to spend this fall with Denver, but it doesn't look like they would have him on a roster. Drecky is not a huge pickup for Michigan State. The most notable player missing from Michigan State's forward lineup is actually Justin Varner, who was with Youngstown on last year's USHL roster. He will not be with Michigan State this season. I'm not really sure where Varner is going to go. I'm still kind of working on finding that out, but we will see. Like I said, I fully anticipated Varner to have the tools to play college hockey this season. Could just be that Michigan State's uh, roster's full. We don't, I mean, we really don't know right now. He took Michigan State out of the bio on Instagram. That could be reading a little too much into it. Not 100% sure. He could also just be spending another year in junior. So we don't know. Let's get to the defensemen real quick. Let's let's kind of cycle through them. Victor Hertig did not see too much time as a freshman last season. Was kind of an extra skater, you know. But but Michigan State's blue line's kind of looking solid with David Gucciardi, Matt Basquel, Strabach. There's a lot of opportunity here for Hertig. you know. Yeah, there's Nash House. You know, he was the top scoring defenseman last season. Surprised that it wasn't Cole Krieger, but Nash House does return. And he is one of the last players from Michigan State's Danton Cole era. So Neenhouse has kind of turned it around. He knows how to move the puck. David Gucciardi bursted onto the scene two years ago with a game-winning goal in overtime at the 2021 GLI against Michigan Tech. And he looks like a forward-turned defender. That is all I'm going to say. I mean, first of all, he's a shooter. That is really what his scouting report is. He is a shooter. He likes to shoot. And that is all you need to know. So look for him to shoot more. Well, not even more. Just as much as he is. The the thing with Gucciardi, though, is he really needs to learn. Harness that shot. You know, I think the Capitals are going to be excited for him. But we will see how, how much better his shot goes. It's definitely as frequent. Matt Basgall, as mentioned before paired with Gucciardi last season and that was a good pairing. You know, we we definitely needed that. They will be one of Michigan State's top pairings uh, this year for sure. And then we got Crossman. The rest are actually either newcomers or transfers. Crossman is the one transfer. He is a defenseman from Brown and Ivy League players as you might know can only play a max of 4 years in college. Uh, the pandemic gave as student athletes, a, a opportunity to perform or play in an, an additional year. The Ivy league did not make an exception for COVID. And so now Crossman, you know, coming over from Brown, that is definitely a great addition to Michigan state's defensive depth. That's going to be great. Maxim Sterback is one of Michigan State's most highly anticipated recruits in a very long time. He is not Brock Faber, but he is very smart and he has a high floor. He's very durable, physical, gets in a great positioning in the defensive zone. His strengths include passing, his shot, but he does not get too many of them. I think his thing is he needs to, he needs to shoot more. Really, that's, that's literally all it is. He only shot 77 times last year, on well, on goal at least, despite being on the power play. Then there's Patrick Geary, who is coming in from Waterloo as well. He was a little bit slower to develop, went undrafted. There's a decent amount of scouts looking his way, though, but his pro future is definitely still in play. He's a great skater, can pressure the puck. When he hits the ice, it's hard to score. His rating last season in the USHL was plus 14. Austin Orovez is a scoring defenseman. He will not score tons of goals, but knows how to move and pass the puck. Racked up 21 points for Green Bay last season. Then let's get to Trey Augustine. Now, let me preface this scouting report real quick because he's great, right? I did want to say this, though. If Augustine was 6'3", be one of the top goalies in this draft, and he would go in late first round, early second, without a doubt. Hard stop right there, okay? Uh, he's He would draw comparisons to Red Wings draft pick Sebastian Cosa, who went like 15, right? Instead, I'm looking second, third round for Augustine. He's 6'1", not huge, right? bigger than Dylan St. Cyr, who was 5'8", right? I am 5'8". Trey Augustine is six one. His positioning is great. Yeah, absolutely incredible. His glove hand, great as well. Good poise does not fold under pressure. Augustine is going to be one of the very few goalies who will find success at 18 in college. Going to be great. He's not afraid of much as well. He has a lot of poise in net. He doesn't fold and he is, I don't know, I mean, he he played in USHL last year for the U, for the NTDP, and we really saw him his performance against college teams already pretty good, so I have no doubts in him. John Moore is going to probably play third string behind Augustine and freshman Luca DePasquo. John Moore hasn't had any college experience. It's, kind of interesting, but but here we are. I actually anticipated more to transfer and Augustine to split time with Pierce Charleston, but that is not what happened. Pierce Charleston probably wanted a go-to number 1 starting gig waited behind DeRitter. Now, you know, with Augustine coming in, I mean, what are you going to do? So, uh, Charleston's going to want to go somewhere where he can start, and that is pretty clear from here. Uh, So, Luca DePasquale with Charleston out, DePasquale, that gave him a great opportunity to come in and sign with Michigan State. He did play in the BCHL, so there is that sort of context. But here's the thing his team won. Every game but three. What kind of domination is that? It's crazy. His save percentage was 9.22 in the BCHL. There's a lot to love about Pasquale. I mean, he's he's gonna back he's gonna back up Augustine, and it's tough to say like how he'll match up against college talent. But if he starts a game, I, I have I have a lot of confidence in him. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Like I said, Varner could have just been an omission on accident. We don't know, right? This is not an official announcement for Michigan state. The official announcement will come at some point and look forward for future episodes. And I will correct myself if I'm wrong here in the show notes, as well as in a future episode. So thanks for watching and, and kind of going in with me on this deep dive of Michigan state's roster and also the GLI. We're very excited for it. So, you know, We'll get to more if you can. You can follow all my writing at MichiganState.rivals.com. And I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.